First Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going through verses 4 through 8, says in the ESV, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. And the last part of this verse here is really where I want to preach from on today. It says, it is not irritable or resentful. Somebody say resentful. It is not resentful. Some of your translations may say uh, it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Man, how golden this concept is. And so I want to talk today about the F-bomb. I want to talk about, they're looking at me like, oh my gosh. I'm not going to cuss. That's not my point. But a F word that is absolutely necessary to the success and the strengthening of our relationships. And it's called forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. And so here you see a, uh, a jug of pine salt. And some of y'all that thought that I was about to be sipping on some sip syrup. Uh, but no, that's not the point of this. This bottle of pine salt, uh, and although it doesn't have it on here right now, they used to have, it used to have that, you know, um, that, that skull and crossbones on the, on the bottle. Uh, because what does that usually represent? That it's poisonous. And so if I was to drink this poison, if I was to drink this and use it to do something other than clean the floor, who would be getting poison? Me. Wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be outlandish? Wouldn't it be ridiculous uh, for me to think that I could drink this and that I could hurt Jason by drinking this pine salt? Wouldn't that be crazy? Now, the fact of the matter is that although you look at me and you say, yes, you know, that would be insane. Many of us, we do that on a daily basis. We do that throughout the course of our life as it pertains to forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. Trust me, I'm going somewhere with this thing. And so the fact is that many of us don't realize that unforgiveness is like this bottle of pine saw. And although it might smell good. Somebody say smell good. Oh man, I love walking in the house when, you know, the, mop, the floor was mopped freshly with that, with that pine salt. It just smells so good. It just, you know, it's tantalizing. It smells good. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel at home and all of that, you know. But if I was to drink this thing, this thing that smells good, this thing that makes me feel good, this thing that makes me feel like I'm at home, guess what? It says if you drink it, you've got to call the poison center because I'm on my way to damage in my body. If I drink this thing and, uh, and, and, and don't get some help, come on somebody this morning. And so where are you going with this thing this morning, Pastor Drew? I just want to encourage somebody to understand uh, that unforgiveness is like this pine saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, the fact of the matter is that oftentimes there are people who have done things to us. There, there are people, you know, some of us are still hanging on to the fact that little Timmy stole your candy bar in the second grade and you 40 now. Come on. Still holding on to that. So that's on the, the smaller scale. But then we have situations like there were some ladies who their husbands were missionaries and they went to a foreign country. These, these individuals, these natives there, they were, not in a, they were not operating in a civilized manner. And everyone who would go to try and help them, they would kill those people. And these ladies, their husbands who were missionaries showed up to this place. And what they did is they started doing some flybys in a yellow plane. 
And this flyby in the yellow plane, they would let down uh, some things to assist these individuals. They were attempting, uh, even though they were rough and even though they were in the bush, uh, as, as freshies would say, bakayad type stuff, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, they decided that they were going to let down these buckets and they kept doing this month after month. Somebody say month after month. And the attempt was to try and build relationship. But the fact is uh, that it got to the place where they decided, okay, we've built enough rapport with these people that we're going to now uh, go down. Now that we've passed with the plane and, and handed down, you know, some of these goods. We're going we're gonna to actually go down and try to spend some time. So they went down, these missionaries, and they spent time with these native individuals and, uh, of, that, of that place that they were. And it was, they, they thought that they were making leeway. They even got to the place where they were able to have a face-to-face conversation with one of the, with one of the chiefs there. And it seemed as if everything was going good. And the way that they killed people was by spear. Somebody say spear. And this individual, these individuals, even though they thought that it was good, even though they thought everything was well, turned out that it was not as well as they thought. And they, these missionaries were killed. These missionaries were slaughtered as a result of them going and extending themselves in that moment. And the crazy thing about this is, I mean, as tragic as this story is, the wife and the sister... Of those uh, of, of, of two of the missionaries who were killed, they decided that instead of allowing the unforgiveness to fester in their hearts because of what these individuals did to their family members, they actually, as crazy as it seems, they went back to this village and they decided to live among the people. And when the people saw the level of forgiveness that they extended and the kindness that they extended, despite what they had done to their family members, they were astonished. They learned the language, the ladies who went back there, they learned the language, they decided not to harbor this unforgiveness in their hearts. And some of y'all are looking at me like, oh, that is insane. You're like, "Uh uh-uh, I would never do that. But they did this, and as a result, would you believe that many of those individuals got converted to Christianity and ended up becoming to a place where, uh, where they trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? All because these two individuals decided that they were not going to harbor the poison of unforgiveness. And that they were going to go, even in this, when it was difficult. Come on, somebody. They would go and they would do their part to make sure that that forgiveness was extended in that moment. And so many of us, like with this pine saw, unforgiveness makes you feel good. Oh, you don't know what they did to me. You know, so so we're the victim. We're victimized. We put ourselves in a victimized position. And so as a result of what they did, so it makes us feel good. Like this smells good and and makes us feel comfortable when we come into the house. You know, it, it makes us feel good. And we think that we're doing someone else where we're getting revenge by harboring unforgiveness. When in actuality, just like as oxymoronic as it is for me to drink this poison and think that I'm hurting somebody else, it's the same. So it is with unforgiveness. If we drink unforgiveness, if we harbor, harbor unforgiveness in our hearts, it does damage to us. Are you with me on this morning? 
And so I wanted to start by today, I just want to look at this F-bomb, this, this F-word that is absolutely important, that is an integral part of the success of our relationships that we have across the, the board. And we've, called, we've subtitled this, Beautiful Connections in a Broken World. How many of you believe that you can have beautiful connections in this broken world? I believe it by the grace of God. Those ladies, the, the wife and the sister who went back to that land and, and showed love and showed forgiveness to the people who killed their family members. They said that it was only possible because of God's grace in their lives. And so I'm here to tell you, I'm believing. I don't know what you showed up with today. I don't know what you're harboring. It might be against the mom. It might be against the dad. For some of us, we're harboring things against people who are dead and gone. You can't even right the wrong, but you're still drinking the poison, hoping to get them. They're dead. They're gone. And you're poisoning and killing yourself by harboring the unforgiveness. But I'm believing today, and I wonder if there's anyone that has faith with me today, that somebody's going to be delivered on this morning by the power of God's gospel. And so the first point I want to I want to I want to just look at this poison of unforgiveness. I want you to understand. I hope Pine Saul doesn't sue me, but we don't have any videos. So. But unforgiveness constipates your spiritual life. Look at somebody and tell them, neighbor, oh neighbor, unforgiveness constipates your spiritual life. My God, man, you know, it, it, it blocks, it blocks sin from leaving your life and it blocks blessings from entering your life. We don't realize that it constipates us. It's a blockage. It's something that stops us. And many of us, we're in a position where we're having problems uh, spiritually from letting things go in our lives. And for some of us, we're having a challenge receiving or, or bringing things into our lives. And the reason why... Is because of unforgive, unforgiveness. Look here with me, if you will. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15. Jesus declares and says, he says, if you forgive, he says, if, uh, for if you forgive others of their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive who? For forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So God's forgiveness, some of us didn't even know this. I just threw you a su surprise party. Because you thought you could walk around with unforgiveness in your heart. You, could th you thought you could walk around hating your brother or hating your sister or hating your wife or hating your mama or hating your dad. And you thought that God would forgive you. But, but unforgiveness is a spiritual constipation. It blocks God, it blocks God from forgiving our sins, but it also blocks anything, any good thing from many times coming into our lives. So that's why some of us, our relationships are jacked up right now. And the reason why every time you try to get into a relationship and you try to make it work and you want for it to work, it's not working because you're blocked up, you're stopped up, you're harboring unforgiveness against someone else. And don't get it twisted. This is not saying... That if you don't forgive someone that you're going to go to hell if you're in Christ. You are secure. You are saved. You're going to heaven. That, that's wonderful. But sin 
blocks and messes up your fellowship and your relationship with God. And so what happens is this. When you have unforgiveness in your heart, when you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, not only are you, are you just harming yourself, but you're also messing up your connection with God. So it constipates you spiritually. And so somebody today needs a spiritual laxative. Forgiveness is a laxative. Forgiveness unblocks that place where there's sin that's harbored in your heart and your life. And it puts you in a position where you can hear and where you can, where, where it clears that out for you. And so this is very, so essentially unforgiveness is a suicide mission. It's like a suicide bomber. You go and you try to hurt other people. And yes, you, you think that you're just hurting others, but it's actually consuming you as well so that's number one you should write it down unforgiveness constipates your spiritual life and that's matthew 6 14 and 15 check it out number two somebody say number two number two unforgiveness often does more damage to our lives than that which the person we won't forgive has done to us so the thing that they did, I don't know what it is. I don't know you. I don't know, you know, some of you I do know, uh, and I know some of your stories. But some of the things in our lives that were done to us, we don't realize that us harboring unforgiveness in our hearts over the years, harboring this poison, drinking this poison and having it in our hearts over all of these years, that it's done more damage to us than if we were to just let it go. It's doing more damage to us, and it's done more damage to us than what was done to us in fact that's a tweetable thing right there unforgiveness does more damage to us than what was done to us and so I don't know what it is that you're harboring this morning but or even for those who are thinking of entering into a marital relationship or those who are in one right now I'm here to tell you or even in a in an engagement sort of a situation or courting situation you need to understand that unforgiveness that it does more damage often to us than what was done to us. Number 3 someone say number 3 Unforgiveness has amnesia in fact, look at the neighbor and tell them, neighbor, oh neighbor, unforgiveness has amnesia. What do you mean, Pastor Drew? What do you mean by this? Uh, Matthew chapter 18, you can write it down or you can go there with me. You know, Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 through 45. I just want to read this story real quickly. And, I, you know, it's in the word. It's a very powerful passage. And I believe that it will bless us in this conversation. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment, uh, the, and payment to be made. That's usually how we deal with stuff when it happens. That's usually how we deal with things when people wrong us. So this guy, one of his servants, uh, and this was not like slavery, uh, modern day slavery. This is where like, you know, people voluntarily offered of their services or to pay off debts and things that were owed that they would go and work for people voluntarily. So it's not the same thing. This is not the Bible saying what happened uh, to some of our ancestors and things of this nature that that was okay. That's not the point. This is a different form of servanthood. And so here... They, uh, this servant is there and he is, he, he owes a debt to this person who is his master. 
So the servant fell on his knees. Someone say fell on his knees. Imploring him. He begged him. He said, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him. Somebody say pity. The master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants, my God, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him. He was like, listen, man, you owe me this money. Fool, you better give me my money. You know, and so he choked him up. And it says, it says, pay what you owe. This is what the servant who just was forgiven, this was his response. And he says in verse 29, so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw that he, what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant. He says, you wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had her mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Man, I just wanted to read that whole thing. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to paraphrase that. I just wanted to get it all out there because unforgiveness has amnesia. This man, this man, this servant, the, the master had forgiven him. This denarii, he owed the master one denarii. And that one denarii was, uh, was the equivalent of 20 years of labor. And so his master forgave him of the equivalent of 20 years of labor. But, but this guy, after he received such great forgiveness, went out and found his fellow servant and this fellow servant who owed him and the fellow servant owed him one day's labor. But he forgot about the magnitude of forgiveness that had been extended to him. And so when his fellow man was brought in his way, he decided to do the complete opposite and decided that he would act that way. This is why we need to understand and realize that unforgiveness has amnesia because many of us we are holding unforgiveness against a mom or a dad or a co-worker or somebody that wronged us over the years but we forget about how much about the fact that we too need forgiveness come on somebody some of us have even been forgiven by others of greater things than we are holding against our brothers and sisters but we forget about that and we treat people in the other direction but I'm here to tell you this morning that we've got to be individuals that do not forget about all that we have been forgiven from man i've done some crazy things in my life and i'm so thankful that i didn't get the consequences of all that i've done i wonder if there are two or three witnesses in here this morning that say you know that there's some stuff that should have happened to you because of what you did a long time ago in fact some of you and i've known for me myself i should be dead and gone because of some of the stuff i said to people because of some of the ways i looked at people because of some of the decisions I made 
need. But I'm so thankful that my God is rich in mercy. Come on, somebody this morning. And so I won't forget about all that God has forgiven me from. That this little petty stuff. We so petty today. We just hold on. Oh, you don't know what she did to me, child. You don't know what he did to me, child. Oh, I'm not, oh, child, I'm never forgiving him. Come on, somebody. But I'm here to tell you this morning that it ain't worth it. Look at somebody, tell them it's not worth it. Yes, mom. She's preaching with me. I need you to sit here every week. It has amnesia. You know, this is, this is, so, this is so important. And so, on the contrawise, I'm almost done. I want to look at forgiveness. So, unforgiveness, remember, unforgiveness constipates your spiritual life. Number two, unforgiveness often does more damage than to us than what has been done to us. Not only this, but unforgiveness has amnesia. But I love forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. Forgiveness is a great thing. And this is why I love it so much. And I just want you to understand the blessing in it. I want you to get it because some of us don't understand the, 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 the magnitude of what decision, what forgiveness is. Number one, forgiveness doesn't mean that you agree with the person or person's actions. It means that you care more about your peace than revenge. Forgiveness means that you care more about peace than revenge. Come on, somebody. And see, the fact of the matter is that so many of us, we think that, oh, I don't want to forgive them because if I forgive them, then it's justifying what was done to me. It's justifying the molestation. It's justifying the rape. It's justifying the rude attitude. It's justifying them stepping out on me in my relationship. It's justifying them spitting at me in my face. It's justifying them firing me without any cause. It's justifying them going and talking behind my back i didn't walk down your road yet but you know exactly fill in the blank whatever it is that you're holding you think it's justifying or you think it's saying that it's okay no forgiveness is not saying that it's okay but forgiveness is saying i value having peace at night i value being able to have a good night rest come on somebody this morning i value being able to walk through my life and not be sitting there walking through my life thinking about stuff having it eating away at my heart for people who many times have gone on and don't even care about it no more i'm here to tell you on this morning that it's not worth it it's not saying that you accept it it's not saying that it was right it's not saying that it was good but it's saying i'm not gonna let what was done to me i'm not gonna let that disrupt the rest of my life so many of you have been walking around like dead people walking around like zombies because of what's been done to you like the walking dead come on somebody all you're missing is the blood and guts hanging out your mouth because of the stuff that's happened in your life but god doesn't want you to walk around like no zombie because you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart jesus said in john 10 10 the thief comes to steal to kill and destroy but he says i have come that you might have and i feel this thing this morning i have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly jesus didn't call you jesus ain't about that zombie life jesus is about that abundant life come on somebody and somebody's been living beneath your privilege walking consumed with unforgiveness but i'm here to tell you that it's time to let it go somebody just shout it say let it go forgiveness doesn't mean you agree with the person or their actions it just means that you care more about your peace than revenge yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know and then and, and, uh, i worked at a funeral home 
uh, for two and a half years. Uh, and, and, you know, I was an aspiring mortician. Uh, if the Lord would allow me at some point in my life, I'll go back into in the funeral business uh, because it's, an, uh, it's a great opportunity. I've had some of y'all looking at me crazy. No, I'm not weird. Uh, it's just an opportunity. They're like, yes, you are, pastor. Don't try to justify it. But it's a great opportunity to serve people and families at their lowest point. And so I've had the opportunity to sit with families and deal with families and deal with, as a pastor, obviously, uh, over 13 years, definitely have had to deal with things on that side. But actually being up close and personal and in those situations and caring for people and their loved ones who have gone on, it's been a, it's been a blessing. And, you know, the thing about a funeral home, uh, a funeral home, the purpose of it, it's supposed to be a place where dead people are, uh, and, and, you know, dead people are temporarily housed. Come on, somebody. Uh, and they're supposed to come just temporarily. And, and what happens is, uh, you know, if they stay there, uh, some, depending on your culture, depending on your preference, uh, some, some individuals, when they die, um, they, they are buried shortly thereafter. And so there's no need for any sort of preservation, body preservation. There's no sort of need for embalming or anything of this nature. Embalming preserves the body because they bury the body quickly after the person has died. But there are others, there are others who embalm bodies. Come on, trust me. Somebody say he's going somewhere with this. I'm not just talking crazy. I want you to see where I'm going. Uh, and so what happens is uh, they, 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 they will preserve the bodies, but the bodies are supposed to be preserved and made as like, like, lifelike as possible. That's what we would do so that people, family members uh, could come and view their loved ones one last time. But guess what happens, right? Uh, these dead bodies are not supposed to stay in the house. Come on, somebody. In fact, the bodies, they stay there temporarily, but then often, you know, and I would drive the hearse sometimes, we would leave the funeral home and we take these bodies to a place where they are there in their final resting place. You know what happens if the bodies would stay in the home uh, too long and especially if they were not preserved, it would cause the place to smell. Uh, and I'm telling you, man, it is there are few things on this earth uh, that smell as bad as when things go wrong in a funeral home. And so the fact of the matter is that many of us, you're wondering what crazy thing are you talking about many of us that's the way that we are living our lives come on somebody and the fact of the matter is that just like with death uh, the funeral home allows us to temporarily process what has happened to our loved one or, or this dead thing that is in our life it's a place where people can come and they can pay their final respects uh, to that which is dead in their life it's not supposed to stay there forever come on somebody but it's supposed to at some point leave that funeral home and go to the grave yard where it's supposed to be buried ah man someone sees where i was going with this thing already uh because the fact is that many of us there are things that have happened in your life and the things are already dead yeah 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 you know no matter how much you wish that that thing didn't happen to you guess what it's already happened and and, and somebody needs to tell you the facts of life and to just wake you up because some of us the reason why we've been lamenting over that thing is because we think that we can change it but i want to help one or two people on this morning if i could just bring you to a place of deliverance in your mind to know that no no matter how much you try to fix it, no matter how much you try to change it, no matter how much you try to bring it back to life, at the end of the day, it is never, it is not going to come back. Are you with me? And you've got to get to the place where the past stays the past and you don't allow the past to stop you from the future because many of us, we have bodies upon bodies piling in our house. Come on, like we living in a funeral home that's dysfunctioning. We're living in a home and the, the bodies, the thing, the dead thing was supposed 
supposed to only stay there temporarily but now it's stinking in our house come on because of that unforgiveness that's there who's gonna go with me on this morning because you know if you can't say amen you just need to go ahead and say ouch because a lot of those things are rotting in our house the problems and the things from the past that you're trying to bring back and so you've got to get to the place where with forgiveness where you operate in forgiveness and you say you know what this thing it happened but it's not going to hinder me this thing it happened but I'm not someone that's controlled by the things that happen on the outside because guess who's on the inside of me first John chapter 4 verse 4 greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world so yes they did this but it doesn't define me come on somebody yes they did this but it doesn't change my who my God is my Jesus is sitting the same place that he was sitting yesterday you know where that is Hebrews 13 verse 8 says Jesus Christ the same day the same yesterday today and forever and so he's sitting on the throne no matter what happened to me in control of my life and no matter how bad it is I want to speak some life into somebody this morning I showed up to tell you that it's not over for you I know that it hurt but it's not over for you I know that there was pain but it's not over for you I know that it brought you to a place of depression but it's not over for you you just need to get to the place where you decide that you're not going to let it bind you and hold you back I'm not living in my life anymore driving looking in the rearview mirror come on somebody the rearview mirror all it should make me do is glance back and look at how far he's brought me from but I'm not going to walk and drive looking back determining I'm going to let that hold me back somebody look at your neighbor and tell him let it go not driving looking in the yes i'm not i'm not driving looking in the rearview mirror i'm not driving focusing on that no more because god's called me to greater than this and can i explain something to you can i explain something to you as i bring this plane down for a landing i want you to get this you know the reason why many of us we have issues with unforgiveness you want to know why the reason why we have issues with unforgiveness is because we started, we started from when we were young, holding grudges against people. We started, like I told you at the beginning, from little Timmy. And because little Timmy took our chocolate bar and we didn't want to forgive little Timmy. And we still, we st- that's, that's where those seeds of unforgiveness are planted in our heart. And they just take root. And then so little Timmy turns into Tina. Little Tina later when Tina broke your heart. And you were dating Tina and she just cheated on you with somebody and left out. And then you didn't, and then you just held that. And then that, that, that was more and, there, and just more and more and more. Every situation after situation, it's residual unforgiveness. Come on. That's just been building up in your heart. And so you've gotten to the place where if I could just minister to somebody, man, I feel this thing so strong. Because I don't know about you, but if I could just testify, I've been to some things and through some things in my life that it's been so hard to let go. And I realize it's because of all the unforgiveness that has been building up in my heart but I'm here to tell you my brother and my sister that the same way that we have been practicing unforgiveness the way that we break that pattern in our life they say it takes 21 days to break a pattern or to start a new habit in your life you got to get to the place where it's with small stuff for some of us who are married you know how it is when your wife or your husband does something and usually right there we decide to let things fester and it just harbors in our heart and we just keep it there and then in fact some of you if you're married you you can say amen because you know what i'm talking about you just harbor that thing in your heart and you're like oh wait yep this is going to be ammunition for the future 
You wait till I'm going to bring this back up. We, we, we don't let the dead stay dead. We decide, oh, I'm going to bring that back up. I'm going to resurrect that from the dead. Wait until you do X, Y, or Z. Come on. Somebody, don't look at your husband or your wife if they're here. But I'm going to keep it 100. Like, I'm going to bring it back. We just wait. You know, we try to pull a Lazarus on it. Like, we're going to raise you from the dead. You know, it's already stinking and we're trying to bring it back uh, because because of that, that decision. We save it and put it in the bank. But we've got to get to the place where we don't let those seeds of unforgiveness get harbored in our heart. That even for the little things, if you're dating or or or, or if it's with your parental relationship, you got to let it go. Practice letting it go right away. Come on, somebody. Yeah, that don't mean that you don't have to deal with it. That doesn't mean that you don't have to talk through it. But even though you have to work through problems, it doesn't mean that you have to harbor unforgiveness. I can work through stuff with you and not let unforgiveness eat at my heart. I can forgive. You know what I love about forgiveness? This is my last point, and this is this just piggybacks. This is why I just got I just it just got me excited right there. Because you, what happens is, you know why we can do that? That's because that's what God does with us. That when we get saved. And when, when we give our lives to the Lord, and I believe some of you will make that decision today, which I hope that you do, to give your life to Jesus. When we get saved, when we give our lives to the Lord, you know what Jesus does when he enters that relationship with us? He forgives our sins, past, present, and future. And you know what that means in terms of, in, in terms of the decision for us to go to heaven? And so the sins that we commit, yes, we still need to work with them. And yes, as you read, unforgiveness will block him from, from, from those things can muddy your, your, your relationship and your communion with him. But I love it that, that God still shows us love and he still is in love with me. And he still doesn't, he still, he doesn't let those things hinder me from being in a place where even though we're working it out, we still have love. I'm still forgiven even though I'm working it out. So I don't know what relationship you're in right now. I don't know what situation you're facing. I don't know where you're at. But I just want to encourage you to understand and to know that God can, God can give you the strength, the grace, the strength. Grace is his work on our behalf. He can give you the grace and the strength to walk in a place of forgiveness. And so bow your heads. I'm going to pray for you in a moment before we get ready to get out of here. And, and uh, I just want to encourage you around this. Every, every head bow, every eye closed. I just want you to take a moment and just really think about where you are right now. Someone today, you may be in a position where you are, where you are, where you've been holding on to this thing. I don't know what it is, but I want you to get that thing in your mind if that is you today. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus died for your sins. Hear my voice, hear me. He died for your sins so that you could be in a place of freedom. And you might be free in other areas. You might be free in your finances. You might be free in, 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 your, in your sex life. You might be free in, in, I don't know, in your scholastic endeavors. You might be free as it pertains to other things. But you're not free because you're, because you're holding unforgiveness in your heart. And so today I just want you to get that thing. And I just want you to imagine yourself without that thing holding you. I'm believing that the power of God is here today to set you free. I'm believing that the power of God is here to deliver you on today. That he's here to set you free. He's here to make things right. And so I'm going to pray right now in this moment. And if that person is you today, I encourage you to just let it go to him. And I challenge you as you surrender to him. Surrender today. Oh, just say, just say, you're just saying, God, I'm giving it to you. Take it away. Just like those people I told you at the story at the beginning. The lady said the only way they were able, able to operate in that, 
forgiveness was because of God's help and God's grace. He's here to help you this morning. So open your heart to him. Give it to him on this morning. And I challenge you that he is going to give you the strength. He is going to give you the help to let it go. God, we're so thankful this morning for the opportunity to be able to share your word. God, I'm so thankful in this moment, Lord, for those who are here. Lord, there are many who are battling from a place of unforgiveness. There are many who are battling and they're in a place where they are struggling to let go of something that was done to them. And even today, God, I I just ask you right now in this moment that you would give them the strength to be able to show that love, God. You said love is not resentful. And so I pray, Lord, that you would just help them, Lord, remove that barrier. Give them the strength right now to release that thing that was holding them bound. Knowing that you love them, knowing that you care for them, knowing that you are with them. And that you have strengthened them to be able to walk free from whatever it is that they are facing. 